welcome to episode six of Brownell's Best. Normally, we highlight the student writing of Brownell Middle School students. However, today we're going off script. We're doing something different. We're going to highlight the achievements of one of Brownell's best, not in the literary arena, but in the arena of competitive crew. Eighth grader Brennan S. has qualified for nationals in the 15-16 quad category and won a gold medal in the second varsity double where he competed against 17 and 18 year olds. Today, we're going to sit down with Brennan, talk about his history and crew and what his plans are for the future. Okay, Brennan, thank you for joining us today. Yeah. Um, I want to start from the beginning. How did you get into rowing crew? So with rowing, I, uh, my mom has told me that I was going to row since about sixth grade. She found it through my old principal, who was a Harvard rower, and he told her that um, I should consider it because I've always been pretty big. Um, so I did that in sixth grade. I would have um, rowed at Marin Rowing if I hadn't moved to Michigan. Marin Rowing is really strong. They have over 50 people in their uh, men's program, and they are – they are very competitive, so I couldn't, I wouldn't have been able to join until freshman year because of how many people there are. I was, I, I just looked at the wait. We looked at the wait list in sixth grade, and it was about three years long, so there wasn't a lot of um, ability for me to row there. So I kind of started um, rowing on my own from for like two years, basically, and that's kind of how it all started. Okay, how do you row on your own? <laughs> so a rowing machine it's a uh a like a flywheel. do you have the one that's got the water that is... i do not have that okay. those, that's i've like seen those those really are pretty expensive cool. really expensive i have a concept too it's all it's um basically a fan inside a um cage that's connected to the chain and the handle and then you have the slide that your um, um seat is on so uh it's just basically wind powered and it's pretty Pretty basic, but it gets the job done. So it's it's painful, but it's good for fitness and everything. Yeah, it's it's a great workout. Um, yeah. So describe your training. Let's talk about that. The uh, workout. What is your training off season compared to on season? Uh, when is your off season? Also, like I would assume winter. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't really have regattas in the winter. Like, there's not races, but there's not technically an off season. We get two weeks off after this two after um, nationals, and that's that's our break basically. And then summer season starts up, and summer summer season it's six to nine thirty every day, um, six 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 a.m. to nine thirty a.m. every day, except for Sunday. And then we have some days where we will do lifting in the evening. It's optional, but you can if you want to. So we'll do that, and then. Fall rowing is evening practices only. It's from 4.30 to 6. Um, spring is the same. And then uh, winter is optional. But it's a lot of just erging. For, it's a lot of steady state erging where you will be on a rowing machine for hour, hour and a half doing like 20 minute, 20 to 40 minute long pieces with like short breaks in between them just to get your um, general conditioning down. So that's kind of the main thing. Who do you row with? So Detroit Boat Club. Okay. 
we row off Bell, um, Belle Isle on the Detroit River. It's pretty wavy, but so Miss Porvin, you probably know this. Miss yeah. Porvin also. Yeah, I saw this morning. Them. Okay, um, and I told you about the student I had years ago, uh, Paige Sweggles. Uh, she was a rower. She ended up at Cornell. Um, she would tell me in the winter they would have competitions against other like yeah. rowing groups, and it was basically it was like the measuring of how many rotations or whatever you know yeah however you call it and they would then add them up and that would be the team that would win stuff like that yeah so it's called an ergata where the rowing machines are called ergs and there's there's a set distance that the ergs are um set to and there's a um a uh, concept to um like server i don't really know how it works but it's something like that where all the ergs can connect to for ergatas and uh then it's basically it's basically just a race on a on a rowing machine, and obviously, yeah, they get added up, and it's it's pretty painful, but they're interesting because it's just very it's very chaotic because it's just this like warehouse of people lined up on um <laughs> machines. It's a lot of yelling, but it's fun. It's fun. It sounds it does sound pretty cool. Um, I know Mrs. Duffield, who kind of brought your story to me here. Um told you about the book boys in the boat yeah you haven't read it or anything no but i was gonna read it this yeah week. my my daughter just finished reading it uh in her uh class and the one thing i noticed was one they all have like certain positions like certain seats what's your position so that boat that book is about an eight i haven't wrote an eight in a while but the last time i'm normally strokes in the eight so that's the person and so rowing boats are kind of flipped it's like I mean, no, it's not flipped. Okay, so you're closest to the um, to the coxswain, which is in the stern. So wait, no, they are flipped because the bow, the bow is going. You're going towards the bow because it's going from the rower's perspective. So you're closest to the stern and stroke seat, and you're set the rate and the pressure mainly. So everybody's basically following you. So one thing I noticed um, as my daughter was reading because there are times uh, we would she'd show me some some of the things in the book the importance of the team and yeah. how important to the point where there was one time they were in the 36 olympics in germany and one of the people may have been the sixth seat um he was like really sick and they were going to replace him with somebody else and everyone on the team said nope put him in if anything he'll go for a ride but he's a, he's with us we'll get him there yeah. How how important now you are two person? Uh yeah, I mainly row doubles. Okay, so you have you had the same teammate? Yeah, I've had the same teammate for six months. That I okay, so how important is I can understand I mean eight people that's totally different. You got one other person. How important is that relationship? I mean, is there a lot of trust you guys have? Like how important is the team dynamic? Well, everybody has their own style of rowing, really. There's like people who emphasize um a lot of like layback where on every stroke their back will come forward there's a lot of people who do none of that there's people who prioritize their legs people who prioritize their arms and you row with somebody for that long you learn how they do it and you learn when they start to roll their blade up where when you're coming up to the catch which is where you put your oar on the water you're like slowly squaring it so you can drop it in and there's timing that comes with that you learn their timing you learn their stroke rate you learn how they function you basically just have to learn how they move and when you switch that out for somebody, it just ruins, it kind of ruins the boat. And that's why it's so vital to have somebody in the boat for so long together. 
So you said you've had this teammate for the last six months. Yeah. How hard was the first month? The first month of any boat is rough. You, you're never set. The boat is always tipping a lot because you have to figure out how they hold their oars, basically. And you have to figure out how to stay in time with them. And there's, there's this thing that people don't really think about when you're rowing. But when you take your oars out of the water at the end of a stroke, if you don't pull it out correctly, it'll catch water and it'll tip you. So you have to learn how to do that at the exact same time as them so the boat doesn't tip at all. So there's a lot that goes into it in the first month. The first, it's really the first three months in a boat normally that's just going to be really rough. A lot of synchronicity sounds like. you got to be almost synchronized as far as doing things. Um, nationals, when are they Where and where are they? Sarasota, Florida, man-made lake for rowing. It's uh, next Tuesday be. June, June 11th, June 11th. Yeah. Or no, 7th, 7th to yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the 7th, 7th. So then, and it's a four, it's four days of constant rowing every, so June 7th to 11th. Okay. It's really good. So Mr. Hunrick put out something in the Bronco bulletin, which goes out to the community Yeah. and you were the first person on there, which I'm sure you were so excited about. <laughs> But there was something in there about there's a possible you may be able to go to Paris. Yeah. So how are you going to get yourself? How minus the idea you just have to win the whole thing. How do you get to Paris? Is that it? Just you've got to you've got to win the whole yeah, top two, top two, top two. And then after that, if my so there's a varsity double that's going, and one varsity boat has to make it to um, nationals. I mean uh, worlds for you to actually go because. We're not the varsity one boat that double is the varsity one boat so if they don't qualify then we don't go it doesn't matter how we do we have to get the top two and that will get us in the running and then that double has to um in because there's so many there's so many the doubles are like one of the biggest um the probably largest competition besides the eight so they only take the top they only take the people who, who place first and our double isn't going to get first so we're not going but i'm okay. assuming that they did then we could go okay and also, it got moved from Paris. It's in Italy. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So that's cool. Hey, still good food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, okay, let's look at the future. We talked about the past. Future, What? where is this taking you? Like, I mean, this seems, the knowledge that you have about this is not just, it doesn't seem like it's just a, yeah, I do this just for fun. It no. seems like a passion. Yeah. So... Where is this? Where do you see this taking you? College plans, but also just, I mean, you're in eighth grade. Where are you? I mean, yeah. What, um, what's the hope? What's the plan? I mean, the hope is college, obviously. I mean, then, you know, the Olympics would be cool. I mean, but that's kind of a little, that's a little far. But um, the goal is college. I, Cornell, Princeton, those are the top two for me. They have insanely nice rowing facilities. They have obviously good education. And um, they specialize in all the boats that I row. So those are the top two for me. Um, so you've actually done research on oh, yeah. which college is right now. So, you know, you've got your goal. of These are the places I really want to yeah. try to aim for. Yeah. Um, rowing is kind of a sport that takes all of your commitment because it's so it takes up so much time. I, I can't remember the last like weekend that I had off just because. Just real quick, just wanted to share our computer um, shutdown as Brennan was explaining um, how he felt with rowing. 
So we're going to pick up where we start talking about what's the most gratifying part of rowing for Brennan. So what's the most gratifying part of rowing? That's kind of a weird question. It's it's kind of that's kind of personal for a lot of people because there's a lot of people who just do it for like college and they don't really care. There's a lot of people who do it because they truly love the sport. Um, but I guess I mean it's got to be like the end of the race, like when you're done with your final sprint and you see the boats next to you. The best is when it's a really close race and it's like you're within seconds of each other and you look over at your other boats and everybody's just smiling because you all just like did something that's just so difficult and went through it together and that's probably the best part to finish at the end of the race and then the start of the race is also really stressful like because they always have you sit at um they have you sit at a start where it's, it's about we do to start we do half a stroke half a stroke three quarters of a stroke and then a full stroke and then we do um uh 15 strokes at a really high rate and then we settle down for the and we take it to a lower rate and then bring the power and that when you're sitting at the half they always make you sit there for about 15 to 20 seconds and it's the most stressful thing ever because you're just looking over your competition and everybody's feeling the same thing and, and you, you know what's that. coming yeah <laughs> it's, it's stressful so because i'm not sure if we got it or not um talk about what you were saying how when you're not rowing you okay. feel like you should be doing something yeah rowing it's this weird um it has a weird pull to it where it feels like it, it feels like when you're not rowing um you're almost wasting your time because you, you feel like your double partner could be doing something you feel like you're you just the rest of your team could be doing something you feel like the other boat clubs are doing something you feel like you're wasting your own time not doing anything and it's just um it's very time consuming and it's very um it's, it's just a it's just a big commitment and if it starts to um, like take over your life, kind of, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Is it something, though, that you're, you're like, I'm okay with that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stop rowing no matter what. I mean, it's like, I, I've tried every sport there is really. Like, I tried fencing. That's how many I've tried. <laughs> um, and rowing has really just been the one thing that I've settled on. It's just, it just works for me so well. And it's just it, the success of rowing is so amazing because it's so difficult and it's this, um, just so, um, I can't think of the word. It's just so, I guess gratifying would be the word to win. And it's, I feel like it's more than it's, 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 it's just, it's just big. It sounds addictive. Yeah. <laughs> Every in a good way, in a good way. Um, all right, I'm going to get you on this question. So final question here. Biggest challenge you ever faced? My coach. Um, my coach is one of the most, like, aggressive and just uh, just one of the hardest people to get to talk to you'll ever meet. He's really closed in. He loves to yell. He loves to make you do push-ups. It's a lot of that. Like this morning I did 300 just because we didn't set our um, oars correctly which is not very important. Um, he's definitely the hardest thing I've had to overcome. It's really hard to get along with him. He's, <laughs> it's, it's an issue, but um, he, I can't think of any examples right now. I don't know. No, that's okay. Blanking, but. How, how has he, do you think he's made you better though? Yeah. Um, the coach before was bad. Um, he was just focused on having a good time. 
I mean, this guy has been has been doing it for his this is first year here, and he already sent a boat to he already spent sent two boats to nationals. Like, it's that that's it's impressive. Been five, it's been five years since Detroit has gone to nationals. So that's impressive. Yeah. All right, Brennan. Well, good luck. Thank we're you. we're gonna be rooting for you, and uh, we're just we're super proud of you. So best of luck, and uh, I just can't wait to see where this takes you. Thank you. Hopefully, uh, eight years or even heck, maybe four years. We'll be watching the, the Olympics and you're on on the boat. So, all right, best of luck and thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brownell's Best. Students' last names are withheld for safety reasons and only their first name and last initial will be used at all times. This has been a Bronco News production.